This is episode seven, and we are now wow. recording. And Arielle and I are recording via a Zoom conference because we can't be in the same room together because of the quarantine going on. Um, <laughs> I think on our last meeting, we went over American Factory. And just about that time is when the coronavirus really started to like become a more of a serious thing. And yes. so basically, we ended that episode. And immediately after, it was like Donald Trump declaring the coronavirus as like a national emergency. So that is where we left off. <laughs> and now we're going to have a Zoom call and kind of just rehash what's been going on in our week and talk about our next documentary that we had on the schedule, which was The Masks You Wear. I think that's what it's called. Wait, is, I think it's The Mask You Live In. Oh, The Mask You Live In. Got it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like t- turning my computer so that way I can get the audio, the best audio. <sighs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I do not understand any of this technology, by the way. What are you doing right now? I am putting together this plant that I bought, um, and I'm going to, like, hang it from my ceiling in my room. Okay. But the twine, the twine that was attached to it is too small. So I have, like, other twine that I'm making longer, so I'm trying to, like, put it into a... Just trying to be domesticated, you know? (laughs) Good. You should. Be productive with this downtime. I'm trying to. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Um, I woke up this morning and I was like, well, yesterday I had a really good day because I went hiking and I got some fresh air and I just kind of got to be out in nature, which is always really nice. And then today I I shouldn't have done this, but I started my morning by looking at the news (laughs) And it kind of, yeah, it kind of just started me off like not in the best mood. And so I was kind of like, why do I feel so irritated already? And I think it was because I started just looking at the news in the morning, which was a bad idea. So I'm not going to do that ever again. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's smart to do that. Like you should look at the news, but maybe not like I'm not starting with it. I'm looking at it like when I, you know need to eat dinner or something or if it's like four o'clock then I'll look at it yeah but I'm not starting my day it's like the same thing is it's the same thing yeah there's there's still no toilet paper (laughs) you know like that's what that's all we're talking about yeah I mean it's so true and I was thinking like you know what I'm just gonna get it out of my out of the way for the day like this is my one time I'm gonna read the news for the day I'm just gonna do it really fast just start my day be in the know and then carry on but it was like I should actually look at it like yeah just midday maybe just like you and then just that be the only time hello Oh, it's frozen. Can you see me? Hello. Can you, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can't. You're, you're kind of breaking up. Oh, there we go. Okay, I got it. I got okay, you I'll back. I'll just stand here. Okay, here you are. You're okay. there. <laughs> here I am. And I can hear you and I can see you. 
good. All right. So let's discuss uh, where things have gone and how are you doing? In terms of the coronavirus? In terms of anything and everything. <laughs> you know, I'm doing really well, actually. Good. You know, I know. I'm, like, very content. I have a routine. I'm I'm not going a lot of places. Today I did go to Home Depot because I'm going to um, paint my wall in my kitchen. But oh. it's going to be clear-coated of, like, uh, I forget what it's called. It's I think it's dry erase, so you can use, like, Expo markers on it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I know. So I'm going to do that when I hang up. And I'm just like giving myself projects to do. Good. You know? I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess Home Depot should be open because it's, they have emergency stuff. It was it was packed. I was going to say, like, people are probably shopping for all sorts of things. People are shopping for gardening stuff. I think they're buying things to make projects so that they don't get bored. And at the same time... I, I said in my head, I was like, what are all these idiots doing here? Go home. And then I was like, I am an idiot because I'm here too. <laughs> I know. I went to the grocery store yesterday and I was like, I'm just going to go really fast, like get a few things yeah. and that's it. And I ended up just like taking my sweet time, like walking yeah. around every aisle being like, do I need that? Do I need this? Like, and it's crazy just to see all the shelves empty, like there was this woman in the store and she was like, this is my second time out since the quarantine. And she's like, oh. I can't believe there's nothing. But on the news, they say there's plenty of food. So I don't understand like why everything's gone. And I was like, I have no idea either. Maybe they don't have enough people to stock it or maybe it's just the inventory. But yeah, she's like, stay safe, stay healthy. I'm like, I am. Doing my You're best. Like, Mind your own business. Bitch, six feet away. <laughs> Don't get too close. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to go to the grocery store tomorrow. I should have just done it today, but I, I was, I just felt like after a while, I was like, I shouldn't be out any longer than I need to. So right. I need to go get like I'm out of toilet paper. So I'm just praying that like when I get there, there will be just I just need one little. I'm not gonna buy a lot. Yeah, I just need like a little, like, a couple rolls, maybe like ten rolls. That's it. Yeah. Because I'm going to be out. If you can't find any, you can come over to my house and I'll give you some. Oh, you're so sweet. Because we have Thank some. Thank you. Yeah. Emergency yeah. situation. If you cannot find any, we got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's like if everybody just bought a little bit, then we'd all have some. I know. I'm seeing some you know? houses like on TikTok and they're like, my mom's the reason why there's nothing on the grocery shelves. And they show their house <laughs> and it's like quarter central they've got like mountains of toilet paper mountains of paper towels like their pantries are like exploding with like over like just so much stuff yeah <sighs> some people just you know there's that panic buy so it's true yeah but I like that I'm obviously not eating out a bunch and like eating home-cooked meals so that's a positive there's so many positives actually that are coming out of this situation I agree it's like really caused me I'm not going to speak for anyone else but like mm -hmm. it caused me to slow down not that I was like going fast anyway but like <laughs> I am more structured than I've ever been in my life yeah you know like I take an hour a day and I just meditate and I pray and mm. I've never really done that and so I think like, it's like making me realize that I need structure in order to be happier but mm. I also need to 
like make time for the things that I say are important to me, like God and like um, prayer and checking in on people. Like it's making me be more intentional. And I really like that. Yeah, that's really great. I love that too. Yeah, yeah. I, my productivity has been like through the roof. <laughs> I'm like, which is something that you and I both wanted to get better at anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, like why is it so easy right now? I have no <laughs> idea. Like before, I would like literally it. It's taken me months to get my domain transferred from Bluehost to Squarespace because I've been like, oh my gosh, it's like such a process. I'm gonna have to like figure it out it's gonna take first I have to figure out how to do it then I have to do it and like what what does this entail you know I was just like I have to feel like you know I have to research I have to figure it out I literally did it this morning in like 30 minutes or less (laughs) (laughs) and then I'm like I did the whole I did like my whole website yesterday I like created that logo I created a pdf like I'm just like on a roll and it's like how I don't know but you know what I always want to do this like even like before this whole situation happened I wanted to spend my weekends working on the things that I love and the things that I'm passionate about and I just never really did it because you know oh somebody's like let's go out to lunch or let's go here let's go there whatever and it's distracting and you're like okay I'll just go but really I could have done so much stuff if I wouldn't have gone and done this silly thing or that doesn't really like doesn't give me any fulfillment right so yeah I'm glad that you're finding I'm glad that you're finding the positivity in such a like what's the word it's not it it is unknown but it it seems um larger than unknown it seems like everything is unstable right now and so it's nice that you're finding like positivity and you're looking for the good in something that's maybe not so good totally proud of you dog thanks yeah and I was reading like my sister told me that in Italy the um the canals because they don't have any of the boats going through all the canals that they've they've seen dolphins in Italy's canals because they're so clean and empty from like no none of the boats going through and like the sky is just clearer there's They've already seen like a decrease. I think I don't know if we were talking about that, but they've already seen like a yeah. decrease in the ozone layer, and like just things are getting like clearer. Mm-hmm. And physically and mentally. Physically, mentally, the planet needed a break as well from all of this, like, you know, toxic. Shit. Yeah, toxicity. <laughs> so I think it's like a lot of positivity is coming out of this, and yes. There are a lot of people dying in the world right now, but I guess we'll just have to see what happens. Yeah. We have to acknowledge the, the death and all of that and acknowledge the good as well. Right. Yeah. There's you know? always going to be a balance. There's always going to be a balance. I think that's something I yeah. realized too. I was like, because I was getting all wrapped up in the negativity and I was like, this feels out of balance. Like I feel totally not right. And then I was like, oh my gosh, let's focus on the positive. Let's start seeing the positives. And I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. But like, you need both in order to have that balance. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, well, good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our, our movie now. Okay. So my thoughts, well, let's talk about what it was. So it's called The Mask You Live In. Mm-hmm. And it's about like toxic manhood and how 
children learn learn how to be what society deems as a man um but what did they say like when they were five years old they learn how to they learn what a man mean they learn what it means to be a man and then by the time they're 10 they've perfected it you know like not showing emotions and um not crying in front of people um how to treat women even i thought it was a really well done documentary and it made me sad (laughs) oh i know it made me so sad yeah like started in the beginning when it was like if you really know me you would know that, like, I cry myself to sleep at night. Or if you really knew me, you would know that I would do anything to, like, help my mom, you know, or, like, whatever it was. Like, if you really knew me, you would know this is how I feel inside. But society has trained us not to show who we really are inside. I mean, male or female, I think, but mostly male because male is taught from a very young age you can't cry, it's not okay to show emotions that vulnerability is weakness and they're taught to be the leaders right you know so we see all of those negative um we see all the negativity play out i think more in men we women obviously have been taught things as well but we see a lot more violence in men because of the way that they're they have to bottle everything up and even the way that they treat women as like inferior or I'm sorry. Yeah. Inferior, right. Mm-hmm. They are superior. So we are inferior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was super insightful. I loved the teacher with the dreads that oh, took yeah. all his kids. It was like 10 kids and he sat them in a circle and he had them draw a mask and say, put stuff that people know about you on the outside and then flip it over and put all the stuff people don't know about you on the inside of it and then wad it up and then throw it at each other. And then they would pick up each other's papers, and one of them was like, I'm energetic, I'm happy, I'm this, I'm that. And then on the back side of it said, I have pain, I miss my dad. Oh, it was like so heart-wrenching. I mean, these kids were like, what, 15 or 16? Yeah. It was really sad. It was really sad, I know. I was thinking, like, it definitely helped me to see that all people are vulnerable and men especially are vulnerable but they just don't show it and so now you can see men in a new light that like they're human beings just like we all are that they're not really that tough exterior that they show they've only been taught it's what they project yeah Yeah. they're projecting that and uh just like now also it just makes me cringe to see like a guy act like that like, I was yeah. watching um, Sailing Yacht on Bravo. I love that show, by the way. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and have you it watched is. the last episode with those guys? Okay. Yes. Talk about Disgusting. toxic masculinity. They were drunk the whole time. And that's another thing that this uh, documentary talked about. Like, the like side effects, I guess, of the toxic masculinity is, like, drinking drugs, partying anger um like just also having that disrespect for women because you need to be like superior and stronger and that you're like more important or more valuable I don't know so those guys on the show were just like drinking belligerent and like 
talking to the girls like so disrespectfully and one of them even like lifted her up like and she was like please put me down please put me down and then he said don't say anything about this I know I was like that is so inappropriate it's like I'm just disgusted right now like it was I hope they watch that back and realize like I mean I went on Twitter to try to find those guys to see if like anybody apologized or anything uh-huh and I couldn't find any of them on Twitter but they were being called out so hard that I hope they recognize like that that behavior is just disgusting and it doesn't it's unnecessary yeah no one likes them they they do it because they want to feel liked Right. But no one is liking them. So hopefully the behavior changes, you know, so that if if you want to feel liked, then act away where people can like you. Exactly. You know? And like they are all they're all in that group mind mindset that like mm-hmm. this is how we act. We're dudes. Yeah, fist pump, like yeah. I mean one of the girls was even like I think it was the chief stew, she was like, Yeah, the guy literally told me, Fork, knife, napkin, now like and she was just like oh my gosh like are you kidding me like you are crazy so so gross i think like that um oh go ahead no go ahead no you go ahead no i'm just saying like i just think it's crazy that like they act like that and it's just a perfect example of like the toxic masculinity that like you think you have to behave like that it's just it's not genuine at all but obviously they are showing that mask in order to hide the vulnerability, the fear, the pain that they have inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved the dad who, he was only on it, I think, one time. But he said, I tell my son, um, picture this. You wake up and the first thing you, you, the first thing you turn on is like your CD in your car. And it says like, kill that motherfucker. And then you uh, play your video games for however many hours and then you get ready for a party but you're all listening to the same music and you're maybe smoking something or taking some drugs then you go to a party where every other single person has had the same day and done the exact same things that you have done then you go into the party and the first the first minute you step in you accidentally hit someone in the back or like step on one of their shoes what do you think is going to happen and I was like, wow, what a perfect example of yeah. how toxic it really is and how easy it is to, to, it was a great analogy, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, your friends are listening that. to that too. Kill that motherfucker. And then you go into the house party and they're playing that song. Like, yeah, what do you think mm-hmm. is going to happen when everybody is getting that message over and over and over again? The entire day. Yeah. Um. There's also that other single dad that was on the uh, documentary that said when he was a kid, he wasn't allowed to cry. And he had that really sweet son that told him, dad, I'm sensitive. (laughs) Like, you know, he had the, he had the not like knowledge and awareness to know that like he has, he has feelings. Like he can't just like not cry. He's sensitive. (laughs) And I was like, that is so beautiful. And how they like leave notes for each other every day about how they're feeling and communicating. And that was really, really nice to see. And then on Sunday, they take all the notes from the week and then they read them with each other. Yeah. So sweet. It's very sweet, especially since the dad grew up without a dad. Right. Exactly. And it also made me sad when um, I think they were those that group of guys. They were a little bit older. Um, 
they were either in jail or they oh, were yeah. out of jail doing they a were, program. I couldn't tell because they, they were like, wearing like. I think they were in jail and I think they had been convicted of murder. Yeah. Yeah. And so it made me feel like obviously a lot of those men understand that what they did was wrong and they're actively trying to change what they did. And thank God for programs like that in jail because if you do get the opportunity to come out, wouldn't you want a better person to come out instead of the same person or a worse person? So right. it made me think like you, we need more uh, teachers like that or communities like that or um, programs like that in the prison so that when they come out, they're like respected citizens and they can add value to their lives, you know, right. and to our lives. Right. Yeah. Completely agree. Think of anything else that stood out? I mean, there was a lot um, of stuff in there. I took some notes because I was like, I'm gonna forget some of this. Um, oh yeah, that even the from a very young age, the boys like once like once you were a kid, like once you were in kindergarten or first grade, boys and girls played together. But once they hit like second or third grade, it became boys versus girls, and any of the boys that played with the girls were seen as gay or like feminine and they were ousted by the boys so that's where the boys had to become boys against girls because if you were with the girls then you're gay or you're you're not a man or you're not a boy you know you play with the girls so you're a girl like and that just kind of like shocked me I don't remember it being that extreme but kind of in like third grade or somewhere around there like I remember it was kind of like boys against girls and like I didn't know that the boys felt those pressures of not playing with girls. You know what I mean? Yeah, and to have that, I think um, she was either a teacher or a doctor or something. She was saying in the documentary that um, when boys, when she asked a boy, like, well, why can't you play with the girls? The boys said, I love the girls. I want to play with the girls. But then I won't be able to play with the boys and they won't like me and I won't be able to hang out in their group anymore. And she said something like by that age, they already know. So they already know um, how to be like ousted, but also like hierarchy. Right. And they know like girls are obviously the low, low on the totem pole. Mm -hmm. And then there's there's one main guy. Mm -hmm. And I guess his name was Mike or something. He was like, well, Mike won't let me hang out with the other guys. And there was this, like, very weird hierarchy when they were, like, five or six years old. Isn't that crazy? At that age. I mean, it's wild. It is. And it's true. And I think that it carries on through all your, you know, whoever stands out as, like, the masculine, strong one is, like, the one that everybody's looking to to be like. And if you're not, or if you're not in his good graces then you're, like, ousted. Yeah, and the fact that, like, they care so much. You know, I understand when you're younger, you don't want to be different. You sort of just do everything you can to fit in and, like, Mm -hmm. fit a mold so that you don't get, you know, um, bullied. I don't want to say ousted again, but, yeah, you don't, you want to just fit in, but it's, like, you shouldn't want to hang out with people like that. So it's weird that at a young age, I mean, I did it when I was that age, I'm sure, but it's like you you want to fit into this mold so badly, but you don't even like the mold. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Because so you have no other options. Yeah. Yeah. It's like survival because you're in school 
and this is like your environment and I'm sure if it's not you you've seen other kids get picked on and you don't want that to be you you don't want to be embarrassed you don't want to be picked on you don't want to be ostracized and so you just do what you can to like stay with the group stay with you know what people accept so that way you don't become that person that everybody treats horribly I remember kids in in my grade that were treated really bad and it was so sad like you just knew that this person was like that they just they were low on the totem pole and that's really sad it is sad it really is yeah but it makes me happy that there's like documentaries like this and there are people like that teacher that want to help you know he said he wanted to be an engineer but he saw a need in his community so he became a teacher instead like yeah. that is character to to not really want to do something but do it anyway because you know other people will benefit from it yeah that's i mean that's an, that's amazing so and i hope people like either i hope before college they they do this but i hope teachers show this documentary because it's it really changed my view you know and i hope that that they show it in like sex ed or something or i don't know i just think it's so beneficial yeah that was another thing i took a note on that only 22 states have sex ed i know like i didn't know that did you have sex ed uh i don't think so actually because well, I left after sophomore year, so I don't know if that happened in junior year or senior year, but I definitely didn't have that. Did you did you get it at in middle school though? Um maybe. Did you get it in middle school? Yeah, we went to the same middle school, but you I think left well, yeah, you left you were two years above me grade wise, right? Yeah. And then I left Okay, high so, yeah. So, in, I think, eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, did you, did you ever have Mrs. Post? The name sounds she's a familiar. Teacher. She was there, like, she's been there probably her whole life. She's yeah. She's been there forever. Um, Mrs. Post taught, and then one other teacher, they taught all the girls. And then, I don't remember if it was, like, Mr. Weber or someone else taught <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so you watch the movie on like how you how a woman gives birth, and then you are like able to ask any questions that like girls have or whatever. But it was like the it really was not sex ed. It was like the basics. It was like this is what your uterus looks like. But right. it was never like, hey, you're gonna have a lot of blood flowing from your vagina, and this is <laughs> these are products you should use. You know, it wasn't that. It was just like very. Um, doctoral you know like yeah I mean I got the period I got the period um (laughs) talk in elementary school in like fifth grade oh so in junior high I don't remember I remember I remember it vaguely like what you're saying it's like kind of coming back but not I don't remember specifically the video I don't remember specifically like what I thought about it or how I felt about it it doesn't even like register like yeah. I didn't even it was, remember it. It could have been done so much better. And you know what? Maybe they do it better now. I don't know. I haven't been in school for a while. But when I was there, I think it was like you either raised your hand and asked a question or you put it in a box. I forget. But someone asked, um, can you get pregnant from putting a tampon in? And our teacher kind of was like, uh, like gave a weird look. And I think everyone started laughing. 
but I know it was a real question. Yeah. I knew it just was. Yeah. But everyone else, because they started laughing, it was like no one else wanted to ask questions. Oh, you know, so yeah. they need to do it in a better way. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what they did for the guys, but it probably wasn't helpful because the girls wasn't, so. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was one of the things that I put down. And then um, in the documentary, they also said that boys use porno as sex education. Like, that's I the primary that. way that they can learn about it, see it, and, like, that's how they learn. I was like, oh, my gosh. I had no idea. Like, I know, and I wonder if it changes their brain to, like, I mean, like, obviously, I don't think, I mean, if you want to watch porn and you're older, it's like, honestly, whatever. It right. is what it is. But I think it's peop- the people that should be watching porn are the people that have already had sex. They're comfortable with their body. Right. It's not shameful porn. You know, it's like these are young kids that don't know that a lot of the porn maybe isn't even real. Right. And, and it's unhealthy and not all porn is like, let me just like, uh, I don't know. I don't watch porn, so I don't know <laughs> what kind of porn people watch, but it's like, you know, strangle the girl or do this or do that. And it's like right. not things that people really do while they have sex. Right. You know? So if that's what they're learning, then that's what they think is yeah. normal and natural. And that's totally not. For years. And even before they have sex. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if it was on this documentary or I just heard it somewhere else that like, it's also just like the idea and the image of women. Like now you, this is how you're viewing women and this is how you're, mm-hmm. you think not only how they should look, but how they should act and all these different things. And it's just like, it's just the perpetual society's like ideas, but none of them are really like authentic and real. Mm-hmm. And how people cover up, it's like a bro code. And and you cover up for people's bad behavior or you just say, well, you know, like, if I say something, then I'll look like a bitch or whatever. And mm-hmm. So they don't say anything, but they cover up, even though they have strong convictions that what other people are doing are wrong. They don't, it's, again, they don't want to stand out. Right. It's a weird, weird concept. Yeah. And the whole, like, yeah. college rape culture that they kind of went into a little bit too, just like that that's acceptable in a way because they're all drinking. And then, you know, when you're drinking, you become myopic, you become like hyper-focused on just one thing. And then, you know, girls are just not being, I mean, maybe they're not being responsible. Maybe they're taking, being taken advantage of, but it's just like a horrible situation (laughs) that... And it actually, it plays into women because we think, oh, this is what guys want, so let me act this way. So it actually rubs off. I mean, obviously, we're taught things as well, but it rubs off on, their behavior rubs off on us. Like, we think, oh, well, I dress this way, so I guess I should be, like the guy in the documentary, I guess I should be raped. Or if I don't, if I want to go to a party and drink, well, you know, I better expect it. It's like, well, no. Right. You know, like that, that, that is their bad behavior. And it's, it's something that we get, uh, what's it called? It's just a tragedy that happens to us because of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not right. It's not fair. Right. Yeah. There's, there's so much. And like, I think shortly after watching this, I mean, yeah, it goes both ways. Like men have their masks that they wear. That's toxic masculinity and part of that is the way that they treat women 
and the way that they see themselves as higher than women, that's the toxic part. A lot of men in the world are good, good guys, and they see women as equal, and they see people as human beings and have compassion and understanding. But the toxicity of the masculinity is when women are treated poorly and abused, or like I watched the movie Bombshell. Have you seen it? No, I want to see it so bad. Really good. So same thing. It's like men in a position of power taking advantage of women because they can, you know, just project this masculine power over a woman and you know they have something that she wants she wants to get ahead in her career so okay well you're going to give me something to make me feel more powerful and more like a man and it's just so screwed up in so many different ways it's a yeah, good movie it's just sad that you learn it at such a young age that's what really made me sad about this whole documentary it was like wow it's so important to to first become aware of this issue yeah and then fix it right away when you have kids you know oh yeah like I would never tell my child like you can't cry don't cry crying's not for boys like I would never ever say that and one time actually I was um I was volunteering at an elementary school like after school to help just like it's it was like a program for kids that needed somewhere to go after school I think and um can't remember what organization it was with I think it was like AmeriCorps, AmeriCorps. It's like the Peace Corps, but it's just American, AmeriCorps. And so it was fifth graders after school. And I did it for just like one semester, I think. And I remember that we were in a group and, you know, we would just do different projects. And it was probably 50-50 split between boys and girls. But these were kids that like needed extra care. They really weren't like just like... Like, I don't remember what the criteria was for them to get into the program, but it, they definitely needed, like, extra care. And one of the kids, they always picked on him. And he was a scrawny or little, like, white boy. And the other, like, the, you can tell the hierarchy, the, the most, like, boss kid, he was Mexican and just had little, like, swagger, you know, to him. And and the little, little scrawny boy, he would just, you know, he would get so, he was sensitive too, you could tell. Like, he would get so offended and personally, you know, if somebody was like not including him or if they said something that hurt his feelings. And then one day, he um, he got really upset and offended by one of the other boys. And he started crying. He started getting really upset and he started crying. And the other boys were like looking at him like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're crying right now. Like, and he was like, you, they're, they're just being so mean to me. And they were just like, oh my gosh, why are you crying? And I was like, it's okay for him to cry. If his feelings are hurt, it's okay for him to cry. It's okay. And the other boys just like stopped talking. They didn't say anything. They just, they were just sitting there like all quiet. And then the other boy eventually, you know, just, he stopped crying because I think he got embarrassed. But I was shocked to see that it was such a big deal. And I had to tell them, it's okay. It's okay that he's crying. You know what I mean? I was just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I was like, this is too much for me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm only 18. (laughs) I'm like, no, this is actually just like a couple, maybe like five years ago. But still, it's like, (laughs) 
I'm like, these kids, you know, they're taught not to cry. And I was just like, it's okay, but I can't do anything. I'm not their parent, you know? Yeah. So. I know it's crazy. Yeah. And all the coaches, they talk about the coaches, how, how much the coaches have an influence on kids. And coaches are yelling and beating kids down. And that it would hurt a child more for a coach to tell them that he's a sissy or that he, he's playing like a girl. It would hurt him like more than anything to hear a I coach. Know, I, couldn't, I couldn't even believe how many expletives they used yeah. at such a young age when they were showing in the documentary. Like the coaches were saying horrible, calling them horrible names and they were like 10. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. Mm-hmm. My, uh, my little cousins play football and they're, mm. since they were little and it's, it's intense. Yeah. It's like, it's a lot. <laughs> I yeah. know, even like Pop Warner or whatever they call it. Yeah. It's, like, it's a lot. It's intense because the coaches take it so seriously and then they have that toxic masculinity that they learned. They're just passing it down. Horrible. Yeah. So So all in all, um, I loved it. It made me sad, but mm-hmm. like we always say, it made us feel. So that means it's good. Yes. I would recommend. I would recommend somebody to watch it. It just helps you become a little bit more aware to the male psyche, what they have to go through, what they are taught to believe, and what we can do to help them. Yeah. Totally recommend. Totally recommend. <laughs> yes. If, you, if you're in a mood to cry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, not really. I didn't cry. Did you have one for next week? Um. Okay. So I watched... I already watched... This film, documentary film called My Truth, The Rape of Two Corys. So if you want to watch that one, it's really good. Um, Yeah. Okay, so we'll watch next week. We'll cover The Rape of Two Corys. And where can you find that? It's on YouTube for free. You just have to find the full video. I might be able to find the link and send it to you. Um, But yeah, I think he tried to do like this live broadcast and it didn't work out. Somehow somebody recorded it and put it on YouTube. So I watched it out there. Exactly. I think that's the most important thing that he wanted to get out of this is to get it out there. I think he was trying to raise some sort of money with it in order to like help victims. But um, it's really... It's a good story. It's a true story. Obviously, a documentary. Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. It was shocking to me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we'll watch that next week. Yeah. Um, just real fast, I forgot to say that the, the movie, the documentary we watched, The Mask You Live In, is on Amazon Prime, and it is $3.99 to rent. True, yes. So... So you do so have that, to pay for that it. Info. Yeah. So the mask you live in, check it out. Three ninety nine on Amazon, and then next week, or actually maybe in a couple days, we will yeah. review my truth: the rape of two Corys, which is actually okay. I'm sorry, it's really sad, but it's needed. It's though. needed. You gotta you gotta know like what happened and what's happening. So yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, any last thoughts? Any last thoughts on coronavirus, the world? You know, just stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay sane. 
Yeah. Um, and if you go to a grocery store, say thank you. Because I said thank you to someone, and they were like, thank you for saying thank you. Oh. And so a simple thank you is really a lot these days, which is crazy, but that's just where we're at. So stay safe and say thank you. Totally. I know. Yeah. I. I... I definitely practice that as well. So, yes, say thank you. And that's another positive that's coming out of this whole situation. Appreciation for so much stuff. Like, appreciation for your health. Appreciation for your home. Appreciation for grocery stores. Appreciation for, like, everything, basically. Healthcare. Like, all sorts of things. So, another positive that comes out of this situation. Okay. All right. Well... In- well, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Snapchat, follow us on LinkedIn. Yes. Oh, wait, by follow the way, I saw that you're back on Instagram. I added you. You know what? In this dire, in this dire <laughs> time, um, I feel like I need to record, time. I need to record things. I need to, um, I need to watch Love's Blind and then put it on Instagram. Yeah, I just need it back. I needed it back. You know, I was on for like three months. Yeah. It's connection. Yeah. It's connection to people. It's connection in this time. It is. It's so important. Like, even, like, I'm trying to, like, FaceTime with people as much as I can because, like, yeah. everybody's isolated. So, these relationships and these connections are so important. So, yeah. I think and I just cute. did it for the fans. So, you know. You have a lot of fans. So, <laughs> I mean. As of right now, I have, like, 57. So, and have... most of them are my mom. <laughs> Your mom's 57 accounts. <laughs> My mom's 57 accounts. <laughs> All right. So All right. Uh, I'll talk to you later this week. Have a wonderful day. Enjoy the rest of your plant uh, project. Thank you so much. And our to our listeners, thank you for being here with us. We appreciate you so much. And we, we will. Love we love you. And we'll catch you in the next documentary. Bye. <laughs> Bye.